listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 70, where we will be discussing chapter 11 in Clockwork Angel, Few Are Angels. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. So how's it going? How's the week <sighs> You been? guys have finally been listening more to... What am I even reading right now? Heavenly Fire. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Amanda's been on Heavenly Fire for like six months. No, seriously, I have been. Yeah. <laughs> it might even be longer than that, actually. But yeah, I'm almost done. The everything happened, and now they're kind of summarizing to to final, you know, finish it up. So to wrap it all up. Yeah. Yeah. Really excited. I was gonna text you guys, and I was like, I need to try to save it, but it's so far away. How yeah. do we save stuff? I don't know how you guys do it. I, eh, I, I forget, it's and then hard. I remember it when I'm reading it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you blew Ooh. through the Infernal Devices. I did. I couldn't get enough. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was like, you were saying, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to start them. And then, like, the next time I saw you, you're like, oh, I'm on Clock- Clockwork Princess. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yep. Wait, yep. we can tell which one's up your alley. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I yeah, honestly, yeah. I think the next two, the Dark Artifices and um, help me Last out Hours, here. yes, are more mm-hmm. of a good mix of City of Bones, TMI, yeah. and you know it. <clears throat> yeah, I think I think the three book format is the best. Yeah, that that like like I just. I, I feel like it gives you everything that you need and nothing that you don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think with the extra three books, I understand that there was more story to tell, but like, I wish she would have kind of changed gears and had it maybe focus instead of so much on Clary and Jace, maybe focus on an- another, you know, whatever. Like, it can still be the yep. same group, but like, maybe focus on different characters just because it was a lot. It was yeah. a lot. Like when we first started, I always wanted to, I, well, not always. One of the characters I wanted to know more about was Izzy. I wish that I could have gotten some more of her because, mm-hmm. you know, we still haven't heard much. Like if her, there's yeah. a way that the story can continue, mm-hmm. but have mm-hmm. different main like POV characters. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Yeah. 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 Just because like six books was just a lot for. Yeah. It, and, and this one's also- so long. Yeah, and it's a short time frame when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the six books, I think they go over the course of, like, a year. Is, Crazy. Like, those six books is, like, maybe a year and a half. But there's not a lot of opportunity for growth and dimension and, and different things happening. It was just, it, it felt kind of like, oh, God, okay. Mm-hmm. Not to say that there aren't really great moments that happen in those books definitely cool stuff just happened I was stoked yeah but yeah you know well and some of it I when we went back and read um together Mm -hmm. on the podcast some of the stuff that was in the second trilogy I thought was in the first Uh because obviously it all kind of blends together when the last time you read it was 10 years ago yep right and I was disappointed that some of that stuff didn't happen I was like oh okay Uh we're gonna get to it we're going right. to get to We're going to get to the exciting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, and I think there's a difference between, I bet if you were ha- physically had the book and you were able to read for content, you know, when you kind of, you can read fast enough where you skip like mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. words like the, but, yeah. but hearing um, a narrator literally drone on mm-hmm. and on, it kind of like loses momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one's not great. I think I've told you both yep. several times. This narrator <laughs> is like poor guy. It, it's the guy narrator. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Logan from Veronica Mars. Okay. I never watched Do you that. never did you never watch Veronica Mars? I would I, I would have no, totally thought that would have been your thing. Oh I, yeah. You probably missed the boat. Mm-hmm. Cause I only saw it like it was like on Netflix. Like I, I went back and watched it because you know. I don't think Netflix was a thing until after I was married with children. So. 
I remember when I had Audrey and I was pregnant thinking we got a cable subscription because I knew I was going to be home for two months. Yeah. We didn't have any TV. So I know we definitely weren't. I didn't even have a smartphone. So that's so crazy. The to me. chocolate. That's yep. right. Uh-huh. <laughs> when I begged for phone. a digital camera because I wanted to take pictures of her and I got one for my birthday took a couple pictures with it and then like I finally like I got a smartphone so that I just never touched it again. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's how it goes. Yep. yep. Technology. Yeah. No, I not even technology. that. I got a tablet first. <laughs> mm. Oh, and they were probably so slow back then. And then after the tablet I got a smartphone and then never touched the tablet again. So, oops. That's great. I am the worst at taking pictures. Like if I could have someone to just be like my designated ticture ticture paper <laughs> picture taker you just have like a professional photographer with you at all times dude I need it like I just I never take pictures of anything like I'm always too caught up in the moment to like think about oh I want to take a picture of this it's just it's never on my mind and I envy those people who like always have a camera with them and are always taking pictures of like just like candid stuff of like mm-hmm. everyday life because I love looking at old pictures I just so never I have a short attention like memory like I don't fucking remember yep well and then it's, for me I I do take a lot of pictures of my kids and stuff at least and my husband of course mm-hmm. and um but then once I do it my daughter's like are you gonna you're gonna put this on Facebook aren't you and I'm just like first of all maybe because <laughs> <laughs> you're beautiful and I love you and the world needs to see that but also rude <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's where my virtual photo album is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so we don't not, print I mean, out it's our cool photos to have anymore. it, though. Like, I, um, William found a picture of me, Omar, and Audrey, and I was pregnant with him at the time, and he was really sad that he wasn't in the picture. And he's like, <laughs> you're like, but you are. I was like, exactly. Yeah. You're in my belly. And he's like, you ate me. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, otherwise you wouldn't be here if mommy ate you. Like, no, I didn't eat you. But I was able to get on Google Photos and go back and I showed him my belly getting bigger and him being born in the hospital and stuff. And I was able to show like show him that by mm-hmm. going back and just having instant access to that. You can type mm-hmm. in like lawn and it'll show you anytime you've taken a picture of something outside that has grass in it. It's just cool. Yeah. It is cool. It's a little creepy. It's, it's it also cool, cool how, how we can, you know, have a conversation about, oh, I don't know, Birkenstocks and <laughs> the next 14 ads on your phone when you uh, open your Facebook ad are going to be Birkenstocks. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> same kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> super, super cool and creepy at the same time. Right. <laughs> not creepy enough for me to change anything exactly. or remove the app but yeah right. you know. not talking about murder or anything like personally anyway so yeah. it's yeah. cool <laughs> i have nothing to hide right anyway awesome <laughs> on that note what do you guys say <laughs> we cut the chit chat and kick things off with robin's recap previously on downworld or dish will and camille tessa head over to do nope one more time i love it i went to do quincy instead of d quincy okay my bad okay i mean leaving it in well okay will this episode's called to do quincy (laughs) they head over to do him okay will and camille tessa head over to de quincy's party their carriage ride is filled with awkward bookish flirting enough to make a girl go swoon once inside, Camille finally decides to let Tessa into her mind and acts as her snarky tour guide, detailing all the cheese may. The pair meet up with Magnus, who takes them into a side room, and they have a small Q&A section, which leads into Magnus showing them a glimpse of what awaits them behind door number three. And it's a lot of Fifty Shades of Nope. <laughs> Once they further hash out their plan, the trio head over to the theater and take their seats to watch the creepiest, most stomach-churning show ever. De Quincey starts bloodletting a hooded prisoner who is manacled to the floor in a torture chair. When it's finally time to yell, Shia surprise, De Quincey decides to remove the prisoner's hood, and it's none other than da 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 da, the motherfucking NATE. 
Beautiful. I love it. I feel like we're almost obligated to call him Nate Dog. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it was really good. You're starting us out with a throwback. Like it's just setting us up for <laughs> Yep. Yep. I there at some point there's gotta be some Nate or some Warren G and Nate Dog like yeah. references. There has to be. Yep. All right. <clears throat> So we pick up right where we left off with Tessa blowing their cover by Banshee screaming across the crowded murder theater for Will to do it now. Like (laughs) she has zero chill. I I get that she's like stressed. Like she already kind of was feeling iffy about leaving anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh And so now that fight or flight has really taken over every fiber of her being. But she's got to know the best chance of his survival is to let the plan go according to plan. No. No. Because she has no fucking chill. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) So, with a room full of hungry predators focused on them, Will and Tessa... Will and Tessa's eyes find each other in the chaos, but De Quincey quickly deduces Camille's betrayal and orders his vamps to descend on the boy. (laughs) Will is not one to show fear, so he meets De Quincey's gaze, and damn, this chapter should be called the one about the meaningful gazes, because there's a lot of (laughs) eye contact. It makes me uncomfortable, and I'm just reading it. (laughs) I was going to say, I hate it. It's too much. I barely look at my husband in the eyes. It weirds me out. (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) So he pushes the button on the phosphor and the place goes up in flames. (laughs) How? Of course it did. Of course it did, Henry. The lights went out. So then he like completely overcorrected it the other way. So it set shit on fire. It was the the night the lights went on in Georgia. (laughs) That's great. So Magnus is trying to haul Tessa out of the room, but she's single-minded in her pursuit um, of saving her brother. Despite Magnus's warnings that in her current state of undead, she was about as flammable as lighter fluid, uh, Tessa shakes him off and throws herself into the throng, making a beeline for the stage. And Tessa nearly bulldozes a redheaded vamp, and it looks like she's about to be an appetizer. But, I'm going to quote from the book, uh, she plunged towards Tessa, then seemed to stumble. Her mouth opened in a scream, and blood poured from it like a fountain. Her face crumpled, folded in on itself, the skin resolving into dust and raining down from the bones of her skull. Her red hair shriveled and turned gray, the skin of her arms melted and turned to powder. And with a last despairing shriek, the vampire woman collapsed into a stringy heap of bones and dust lying atop an empty satin dress. Bro. For real. That's an intense way to die. Like, that's more, that's like, that's some Melisandre shit from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I didn't know that fire did that to them. I I don't know how I didn't know that, but like Magnus said something about you are basically kindling. Right. Right. Totally true. And like, yeah, I just like, so they can catch a, catch fire as swiftly as, like, the Twilight vampires, right? Because, like, that's yeah. how you kill the Twilight vampires is you break them into pieces of granite and then burn them because granite can burn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was being facetious. <laughs> well, I mean, they did break into pieces, didn't they? Isn't that what happened? Yeah, but, like, it's so weird because, like, the way... I'm sorry, I'm getting on a Twilight tangent, but the way that she describes it is they're, like, basically marble, but flammable marble, which doesn't make any fucking sense. I obviously didn't read the books. I only watched the movies, but it seemed more like they froze and then it was, like, ice to me. I don't know. like Right? Well, that's how the effects look for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess that makes sense. (sighs) I don't know. That was a weird... That was a weird book series. It was... It was yeah. fun when I was 17, but then I got older and reread it and was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard that they're coming out with a new movie. So Are does they? that mean there's more books? I think she wrote Midnight Sun, which was like, oh, that's right. like Edward's that was point of view. Okay. Yeah. 
That's like E.L. James did that with Fifty Shades of Grey. She wrote it in Christian's point of view, the first book or whatever. Pass. I don't know. No, thanks. I don't need to be in their heads. Yeah. (laughs) Gross. Not a fan. (laughs) There's only a couple things they can be thinking about throughout the day. So I don't know why you need a whole book about it. (laughs) Although, (laughs) Twilight did give us that epic, you can Google it line. Right. Hilarious. <laughs> so this woman like melts in front of Tessa and lo and behold, behind her is Will. He's come to save the day. He murdered the vampire. And I mean, come on, like that's a fucking move. If he's not willing to stab a vampire in the back, is it even romance? I mean, Definitely not. Right. <laughs> She should have been like, oh, <laughs> for me. <laughs> but Will doesn't have time for flirting right now. He's too busy telling Tessa how stupid she is. And I'm sorry, Tess, but I can't blame him. You really screwed the pooch on this one, babes. <laughs> like, for sure. Faux shizzle. You, you really let everybody know what you were doing. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Well, it was right like, now oh. he doesn't know that's her brother, right? So he really thinks she was just overreacting, basically. Right. And it's like it's, it's like walking into Tony Soprano's house and being like, I'm wearing a wire. Everybody, <laughs> in case don't you don't know. my bra. There's right? nothing there. <laughs> exactly. Just so everybody knows. <laughs> so, of course, now is not the time to be having this conversation because they are still very much in the middle of a blazing inferno and about a hundred super evil humans oh and about a hundred with about a hundred evil superhuman people eating machines who want to kill them <laughs> nom 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 unsurprisingly they get attacked again and this time it's the human subjugate that tessa saw getting drained last week or a few minutes ago in book time <laughs> so tessa calls out to warn will and he reacts dispatching the threat as he'd been trained to do but it hits a little different when it's a mundane you're murdering hmm interesting Mm -hmm. there's no time for self-reflection though tessa's brother is the sacrificial lamb de quincey brought to slaughter and in case mr harrendale hasn't noticed the room is fucking on fire like i feel like the room is on fire I feel like they don't hit on this enough. I'm like, it's literally on fire. What are you still doing in there? Yeah. Well, and everything's made of wood. So it's like really going up, right? Right. Like tapestries, like curtains that are like 40 feet tall. And they still spend like like 20 more minutes in here. How? Right. Right. (laughs) Because Nephilims don't have lungs either. Like, I guess. I don't know. Got it. Will only has time to get the what in what the fuck out before the entire fucking enclave comes crashing through the windows and shit starts to get real. So this is from Tessa's point of view. I'm going to quote it from the book because I can't describe it this well. So Tessa saw Henry among the Nephilim, easily recognizable by his ginger hair. Charlotte was there too, dressed like a man, all in dark fighting gear. Okay, dressed like a man, really? I know. I start, I Can thought we that's get I rolled, literally it? rolled my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like the women pictured in Tessa's Shadowhunter book. She looks small and determined and surprisingly fierce. Fucking just there you go. Selling Charlotte shorts. Don't do it. She's a badass. <laughs> yeah. You'll see. You'll see. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then there was Jem. His gear made him appear all the more startlingly pale, and the black marks on his skin stood out like ink on paper. Hmm. Swoon. (laughs) Sounds like my skin. Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's not supposed to sound attractive, but it's Jem, so it is. I know. I love how your voice changed. And then there's Jem, and I'm like, oh, I know what team she's on. Uh, where am I? Oh. Okay. In the crowd, she recognized Gabriel Lightwood, his father, Benedict, slim, black-haired Miss Highsmith, and behind them all strode Magnus, blue sparks flying from his hands as he gestured. Of course it did. Of course I just it feel did. like the sparks are behind him. He's just like, 
I'm still here, bitches. Right? <laughs> like <laughs> crackling. I just yeah. the idea of him like like when he gets pissed off, like blue sparks just start crackling around him. That's such a <laughs> badass like idea. So cool. Like he can't you like you know he's mad. He can't yeah, yeah. He yeah, can't, hide, can't it. hide it. He can't just say, I'm fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> so Will's like, hey, wipe that drool off your chin and go check on your brother. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you doing? You're just staring. <laughs> While uh, Tessa hurries to her brother's side, the shadow hunters make quick work of corralling the remaining vamps. And De Quincey and Benedict face off in the middle of the dance floor, tensions building to a crescendo as the first few notes of Ice Cube's 1999 hit, You Can Do It, <laughs> echo through the room, and the two men throw their weapons to the side, launching into an epic dance battle. <laughs> awesome. Dance fight, like on Despicable Me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Where he has the guitar. <laughs> I love it that that's the guy that does The Simpsons. Like, I love that that's him. Yep. The Simpsons? I meant South Park. I don't know why I said The Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Tro- <laughs> Troy something. Trey Parker, right? Trey Parker. That's what it is. Yep. I really hope my mic picked up me slapping my forehead when Robin <laughs> said fucking minions. Because this that is was a Save the Last Dance reference. You Can Do It is the song that they do their two-step to at the club when they've been practicing the whole time. Come on. What is wrong with you guys? I've never seen that, but I'll tell you what. I have a (laughs) two-year-old. How have you never seen Save the Last Dance? What is wrong with you? I feel like I maybe, but I don't remember. I don't know what you're talking about, so I must not have seen it. That's not my jam. I'm just on an island And By the way, Amanda said Minions, not me. Yeah. Oh. Don't put me in with her. <laughs> Except do. You knew what the heck I was talking about. Always. You're in this group. So, okay. So DQ and Benny the Dick are too uptight to actually do anything cool like that. But it sounds way cooler than they yelled at each other about laws, covenants, and worthless mundanes. Right? Money. Like, right. <laughs> right. Correction. <laughs> You should go back and edit every time you've accidentally said mundane. <laughs> and just have like a monotone voice. Mundy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll record it for you. Right. <sighs> Charlotte overhears their bickering and jumps in with receipts. Brandishing the plans <laughs> Will conveniently found in De Quincey's office. Charlotte screams, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> but like I'll when? i that to make when? it shorter. <laughs> Yeah, when did he get it to her? Not only they gave it to came, her, but explained it. She literally just jumped through a window, like a skylight, and propelled down like Mission Impossible. He had no time. And it's fire. And they still yeah. somehow had a conversation and passed on paper. Right. right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Gotcha, bitch. So, uh... D- De Quincey is trying to backpedal like a guy who just got caught in bed with his wife's sister and is all, it's not what it looks like. And Charlotte's like, really? Cause it looks like you're fucking my sister and our whole life has been a lie, Frank. <laughs> Sorry, I got caught up in the moment. Anyway, Charlotte and De Quincey argue semantics, but dick bag, Ber- <laughs> but dick bag Benny is done talking and, goes full this is sparta sending a dagger sailing toward de quincey's unbeating heart one of de quincey's minions is all master and pulls a dobby sad <laughs> just waiting for robin's reaction make me cry <laughs> i just know who dobby is i don't know what happened well, and then he's just like in the end of what chamber of secrets and he's like never mm-hmm. try to save my life again Right. Sad, dude. Don't even think about it. Now that that I've brought the mood down. Yeah. (laughs) De Quincey launches himself at Benedict, and it's about time this... Oh. De Quincey launches himself at Benedict, and it's about this time when Tessa realizes that she probably shouldn't be standing in the middle of a burning ballroom watching a bunch of supernatural creatures fight to the death. Huh. Maybe she should get moving. Yeah. <laughs> get so up. Finally, stand up. 
gawking, Tessa makes it to Nate's side, and he's pretty fucked up, but he's still breathing, which is more than Tessa can say at the moment. But up ba Because she's a vampire. She's, she's a vampire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tessa can't get Nate loose from his constraints with her bare hands, so she scans the room for something she can use to free him. Even though she's literally a vampire, as I mentioned... And could probably crush the wooden chair. Like, just, just like, yeah. he-man it. Right? That's what I was going to say. Shouldn't she have vampire strength? Right. Yeah, because she's, like, trying to dig at it, and her fingers start bleeding and stuff. Like, why wouldn't she just use her muscles? Right. Hmm. Right. Exactly. She's like, John Cena! <laughs> So Tessa takes in the Nephilim fighting among among the flames and smoke, and she's like, huh, I guess they're actually pretty good at this hunting shadows thing. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> hmm. Just like, I, I think at this point she's like, okay, I, I understand why they have egos. Like, I get it now. Like, yeah. it's kind of impressive. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like to imagine this part happen in, like, slow motion, but the smoke starts to dissipate, revealing a silhouette backlit by flames slowly coming into focus it's charlotte brutally and concisely cutting down a hulking vampire like it's a mo- like it's her motherfucking job oh wait it is <laughs> <laughs> go charlotte <laughs> i had fun writing this one i was like oh there's this fun exciting stuff happening <laughs> it is this is great So Will's like running along the event chairs like my child trying to entertain himself at the airport and he was able to avoid bullets and um, because this vampire is shooting at him with a pistol and he finally reaches the vampire that's shooting at him and quickly pulls a gotcha bitch and threw a dagger at him. (laughs) <laughs> and of course this shadow ha- this shadow hunter weapon I don't remember oh, it's a dagger I just was gonna say I don't remember what it is <laughs> this pregnancy brain got me anyway it kills his vampire immediately and then all of a sudden Jem is there and kicks the pistol towards Will and I feel like Jem just keeps appearing at like perfect moments and that's it like we don't really hear from him or see him fighting anybody but he's just like there <laughs> Right when well, you need because, it. It's because it's in Tessa's point of view and she's watching Will the entire time. Mm-hmm. So then he's just popping okay. up and he's just like, hey, bro. <laughs> Let me help you out there. <laughs> okay, so I have a question, though. So why would any of them need a pistol? Maybe it would slow a downworlder down, but it wouldn't kill one, right? Maybe a person slash wolf, but like not a vampire. But I asked this question. And then I kept reading and remem- realized that it, <clears throat> my question was answered down below. But I just yeah. want you guys mm-hmm. to think about that, okay? Think about it. And then we can okay. talk about it when we get to my <laughs> section. Yeah. yeah. So Tessa yelled for Will and suddenly was like yeeted across the floor by De Quincey. <laughs> <laughs> he just like picks her up, like uses his vampire strength. Hmm. <laughs> I love that you use the word yeeted. Thank you. I feel really young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he starts calling her a bitch and like yelling at her because he still thinks that she is Camille. <laughs> he's like, you're a traitor. Um, I don't know. He's going on and on about how like he's tolerated her actions with person slash wolves all these years and the warlock. And this is how you repay me. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so He's like, you betrayed your people, basically, for the Nephilim. And before Tessa could even think about what to say, Camille's inner voice just starts. Like, she's just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here, girl. Let me take this one. Mm -hmm. So she starts telling him, yeah, tag me in. (laughs) (laughs) She starts telling him that she loved that person slash wolf, unlike DeQuincy has ever loved anything in his entire life. And um, DeQuincy killed this person just like this person slash wolf just for sport basically as a flex to the clan so she wants him to know what it's like to lose everything and she's like bro and i quote i want you to know that i am the one doing this to you go girl yeah that's some crazy that's some crazy shit that's that's a crazy bitch move that's a bitch that's like i'm gonna fuck up your entire life and then i'm just at the very end when everything is just falling down around you i'm gonna be like it was me bitch it's like fucking like tell cersei it was me yep right (laughs) dude the lannisters she's like i don't give a fuck Mm -hmm. that meme 
with with Lady Tyrell, and then the the glasses come down because she's a dank bitch. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> I love I it. Love her. <laughs> Me too. Okay, so De Quincey basically gives her an I know, <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? And um, tells her that if he's gonna like if he's gonna go, she's he's taking her with him. Like, if I'm gonna die, you're gonna die too. But Quest Quessa, yep. <laughs> Tessa quickly reached a chair behind her. She was like fumbling, trying to find anything she could to use as a weapon. And she, um, I'm in my head. I was thinking like, how was she able to grab this chair so easily? Cause she actually used her vampire strength, Amanda. <laughs> Finally. So she swings the selected chair and vampire hits strength. De Quincy in the noggin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like selective hearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she hits him. And as he's trying to stand up, she hits him again and a piece of the chair had broken and caught on his face. And so he started bleeding, like, whatever. And this just really pissed him off. And um, so he <laughs> pounces on her. <laughs> and he tries to go for her neck. Um, but Tessa slap scratches him across the face. And so, like, he's really bleeding now. And his blood was dripping on her. And it felt like acid while it was dripping on her. So I have a question. First of all, he still thinks this is Camille. So can right. vampires drink other vampires blood i think so i mean okay i don't know that it's gonna like give them sustenance but i'm sure they can okay but i, I think if she's going dead for... what would losing her blood do because i'm assuming that's what he was gonna try to like take all of her blood well, that's what know. they were gonna do to simon right that's what um valentine yeah they were they were gonna suck him dry so he couldn't be resurrected like so he couldn't oh, heal right but he couldn't okay, actually okay. die also right Huh? Yeah, Wasn't so it was going to put him in limbo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Unless I'm remembering incorrectly. <sighs> interesting. Well, um anyway, I also find it interesting that she is a vampire right now. And um the his blood feels like acid on her because you would think that since she is a yep. vampire, I don't know. Anyway, yep. So just then, <laughs> Will arrives just in time, grabbing De Quincey by the freaking hair. <laughs> like he's in a girl fight, like a chicken fight. <laughs> and um, he's pulling him off of Tessa. And De Quincey's like, ow, ow, ow. Ow, dude, ow. That hurts. <laughs> so Will pulls this pistol on De Quincey. And then he says, um, one of the devil's own abominations, aren't you? You don't deserve to live in their in their world. This world. This I feel world? like it should say this world. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I typoed. You don't deserve to live in this world with the rest of us. And yet, when we let you do so out of pity, you throw your our gift back in our faces. <sighs> and De Quincey starts on him like I kind of want to do because I'm just like, whoa, did not yeah. like that. Uh, uh, diplomacy is not Will Herondale's strong suit. <laughs> Makes me want to slap him a little bit. Shake his shoulders. Um, so De Quincey um, tries to tell Will that they think of themselves as gods, but he can't say the word God. And there's some back and forth between Will, he and Will, and eventually Will tells him that if he can say the word, he'll let him live. And first of all, really quick, I have to jump in because last chapter, I have to jump in on my own self (laughs) to change gears. (laughs) The last chapter, um, we found that Bible in there and Magnus was telling Will about, or Tessa, I think, about how, depending on how long you've been alive and De Quincey can keep these Bibles and some of them can say God. So I find it interesting in this moment, he can't say God because I feel like he's supposed to Uh be able to. But anyway... So um, De Quincey's like, ooh, what are you going to do? You going to shoot me? You can't kill me with a gun, dummy. <laughs> Which is exactly what I was thinking. And Will <laughs> answers my question by telling De Quincey that... Um... <laughs> I think my phone autocorrected. I feel like you need to read that out loud as, it, <laughs> as it's written. I put the telling De Quincey that hothead bullet... <laughs> will kill him if it passes through his heart so if he like will reminds him that basically like i'm a herondale so yeah he doesn't actually say that part but basically like i'm a really great shot so i'll make sure it goes through your heart all the way and it kills you so apparently that's how because it pierces their heart all the way through so which is i don't know i just interesting because 
later on, obviously, we learn in probably, I think it was City of Bones, they don't, wep- like, guns don't work. But it seems like if you can shoot them through the heart, it would work. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, or seems or good. silver or silver bullets would work for a werewolf yeah. or whatever. Okay. Well, anyway, all of a sudden, there's some action again. And um, the two went at it. And, like, the pistol's flying in the air. And Tessa catches it. And um, she's like, oh, great. Me? I have this? It's like a bridesmaid, bridesmaid at a wedding that didn't want to touch the bouquet. And she's like, uh, what, do, what do I do? And um, she admittedly, in her head, obviously, um, doesn't know how to use a pistol. But De Quincey is choking Will. So Will couldn't wait for Tessa to go through shooting lessons. <laughs> he's just kind of like standing there waiting for her to figure out what the heck to do. So he bites De Quincey's arm hard enough to make him loosen his grip and Will escaped. And he like runs to the floor and he's like retching all this blood out of his mouth and stuff. How do you bite someone that hard? I was thinking the same thing. I guess I've never tried. So if you're in that situation, I think you can bite someone that hard. Okay. Yeah, like g- get your ear bitten off? How? You should Well, I mean, your jaw has enough pressure. Like you could bite through someone's flesh. It's just we don't allow ourselves to do that, right? Like cuz it's not needed. But like if you get the adrenaline rush, I'm sure. Right. If <laughs> if a mom if a soccer mom of 3 can lift a minivan off her kid, Right. You know, because of adrenaline, like, I'm pretty sure you can bite through someone's hand. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) So Tessa jumps in and like, we don't have time for this, but okay. She chimes in with a, how do you like them apples vampire? Like you were going to do that (laughs) to that Monday earlier. So like, how does it feel? (laughs) Biting isn't so good, is it? (laughs) Dude, in my head, Tessa's like pulling in Jennifer Love Hewitt from uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. And she's like, what, what, what? Come at me, what? Like, yep. When I read that, I thought Will said that. <laughs> I mean, it seems like something he would say. So <laughs> it's just silly. Like, your brother, what are you doing about your brother? You're just sitting there making fun of De Quincey now. Like, come on. Because right. you have Will backing you up. That's why she's brave enough to say it. Right. So, of course, De Quincey starts healing quickly, and he's, like, already over it and ready to kill Will. Kill Will. And (laughs) as he springs towards Will, Tessa shoots him, but she only hits his shoulder. She misses his heart. And she tries again, but that was the last bullet. So, Tessa is doing an incredible acting job, in my opinion, because he still thinks this is Camille. (laughs) She must be acting a lot like her still. And I guess Camille chiming in probably helped, obviously, right Mm -hmm. there. But um, so he tells her, like, I'll be back for you. And then he runs through the window and he's just like, bye. (laughs) Um, Gotta go. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta go feed my cat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think I left the curling iron on. I gotta go. Drive all the way back home from work to check on yeah. it. It's off. It's off. Don't worry. Oh, it's always off. <laughs> always off. <laughs> uh, so anyway, it's like, cool. Okay. He's gone. Like Tessa can go back to Nate now, but no, just in time for another vampire to come up behind her and start yelling about Camille again. <laughs> and, um, Will yelled to warn Tessa, but Jem came up behind and stabbed the vampire, saving Tessa's life. Boom. Boom. <laughs> See? So Will's not the only romantic one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then Jem says, I think that, that was the last of them. So what was what are what have all these other shadow hunters been doing? Just watching them fight De Quincey? I think they've been dispatching like killing other people. Well, I don't know about that. They all died <laughs> at the same time. Right. <laughs> Because, like, Tessa starts looking around and uh notices people, like, using, like, there's people healing other people with the stele and stuff. Like, they're Mm -hmm. all just sitting around now. Where's my backup, bro? (laughs) But, like, I guess at what point is, like, someone coming in for backup actually, like, just getting in the way? Yeah, that's fair. Somebody, Uh, it seems like somebody should have been available to go after the Let the underage shadow hunter do it. Right. I feel like yeah. there's probably <laughs> protocol here. Yeah. 
<laughs> like you touched him first. You got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If the customer calls and you answer it, it's your customer. Right. Yeah. One call. <laughs> like, sorry, oh, Will, this is your up. You got to go. Yep. <laughs> gosh so um like just as all of this happens Jem takes this quiet time to start lecturing will about biting a vampire again (laughs) dude (sighs) so henry comes in and saves nathaniel from the clutches of the evil manacles and this is a good opportunity to take a moment to reflect on the fact that although henry is typically clumsy crazy inventor He's very much a hunter of shadows and is strong as fuck. What? I preach. Except I put inventory instead of inventor. So there's that. Charlotte is also there um, helping out by bringing damp cloths over so that they can use them to try to clean Nathaniel's face. Um, not long later, she goes to talk to Benedict Lightwood, the whole time gesturing over at the Gray siblings. So like they're having this heated conversation and she keeps looking back and pointing at Nate and Tessa and Tessa wants to know what they're talking about but honestly she's just too tired to do anything um to acquire the chisme Um, she's super elated that she's finally found her brother um she he she is however able to take in the scene of all um the shadow hunters drawing erotsis on themselves and um that is in up to and including an unbuttoned gym carstairs just so you know I have a question tell me because I think I've made this pretty clear by my ignorance while I was reading. Uh, I didn't reread your section. Sorry. Um, <laughs> That's Tessa okay. Still, is Tessa still Camille? Yes. Just a she's minute. still as Camille. Okay. So that means that Nate doesn't know who she is. She just a anyway. minute. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Yep. Sort Will of. comes to check on Tessa once he's done healing his pair of bow tie and remarks on how she's back to herself. Mm. So oh, literally yeah. the next okay. sentence, Amanda, chill. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So Tessa looked down and then she realized that like, he, you're right. I'm back <laughs> in my own skin. It's amazing um, that I didn't even notice my own heartbeat returning. I bet and there's something going on. Like, at right? first, you're busy. When I was reading the other parts where you guys did it, I was like, why doesn't she just, if there's such a risk of like that she's going to be engulfed in flames, just turn back to Tessa, right? Right. I was thinking that too. But I'm wondering if Camille was holding on because she wanted De Quincey to know that it was her. To say yeah. her piece. Yeah. Yep. She wanted to say her piece. Anyway, so Will tells her that um, he wouldn't have thought that she knew how to use a pistol. And Tessa says she doesn't, but maybe Camille did. The whole thing was very mm. um, instinctive. Um, not that it really mattered anyway because it like didn't work. <laughs> And Will I mean, she still she... shot him. Right. Yeah. You did good. <laughs> like, right? You did good, kettle. <laughs> Will tells her that shadow hunters don't really use them either. When you place runes on them, it, contra- it counteracts the gunpowder from gun powder from igniting so the bullets can't leave the chamber. Um, Henry's tried working on it, but he hasn't had any success. Since you can't dispatch a demon without a ruined weapon or a seraph blade, guns aren't much use to the Nephilim. Vampires could die if the bullet pierces their heart. And if you had a Coors Light or a silver <laughs> bullet, you could kill a person or, slash work. What? Or who else is a silver bullet? What? <laughs> what? No, what? I can't remember his name. Remember Bryn had the the PJs when she was little? The silver bullet PJs? (laughs) This sounds so bad. Nope. I don't remember that. Bob. It starts with an S. Oh, Bob Seger and the silver bullet band? Yes, Bob Seger. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yep. My six-year-old had PJs, like Bob Seger PJs. That's great. (laughs) My dad wears a Bob Seger shirt literally once a week. (laughs) <laughs> and he got it at a concert that he went to when i was like four so wow just keeping up with the times dude that's great <laughs> at least yeah. it's not jimmy buffett down all main street <laughs> okay <Lord>. anyway <laughs> a 
Okay. So if you had a Coors Light or Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, <laughs> you could kill a person slash wolf. That is if you strike a vital organ. Otherwise, they just come back like super pissed. And this reminds me of a story (laughs) that I was going to reference. And then I realized I couldn't reference because you guys wouldn't know what it is. So it's a very, very quick sidebar. And I'm going to take just a second to tell you. Do it. When we were little, my grandparents owned a commercial property maintenance company. So they did like Christmas lights. They did landscaping. They striped those yellow lines on. In the parking spaces and we used to go to work with my mom all the time especially in the summer because they had this cool like the sleep in you know there's mm-hmm. like a little bed anyway my mom was pressure washing up into a ceiling rafter and it was late and there was a bat up there and she freaked out and my grandma was because i think she hit it with the water or whatever and my grandma was like what's wrong and she's like there's nothing worse than a pissed off bat <laughs> and it just reminds me of that from TMI. Yeah. <laughs> Getting hit. And then just there's nothing worse than a pissed off bat. Okay, anyway, sorry. Phew. That needs to be that a she merch. That. She like she already had that experience that she knew a pissed off bat was bad. <laughs> she didn't. She's just guessing. Yep. <laughs> That's gotta be it. There's nothing worse than that in your entire life. Anyway. The moral of the story is ruined weapons work better regardless because it's harder for down to recover and heal. That's fair. In scene. Mm-hmm. And this speech it. reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite talking about how his favorite animal is a liger bred for their skills and magic. <laughs> like Will's going off on a tangent that Tessa probably doesn't really care about. And I'm sure she's more worried about getting her bro to safety and figuring out what comes next for her. However, we aren't in the throes of the 21st century and Tessa can't really say what's on her mind. So she uh, strikes up a conversation asking Will if killing vampires is hard since they look like humans and scream and bleed and shit. Um, (laughs) Isn't it hard to strike them down? And Will's like, no. And if you knew more about them, you'd agree with me. But I'm sorry. She's like, isn't it traumatic to murder someone? And he's like, no, it's totally fine. No, I'm cool. Yeah. Are you hungry? I could go for a burger. (laughs) (laughs) Medium rare. Anyway, right. <laughs> she doesn't agree with Will. She tells him that Camille had feelings and she loves and hates. And Will's like, yeah. And she's still alive and able to make choices. All the vampires here tonight made up their minds, which is why they were here at the murder party. Apparently, your brother has made up his mind as well. And Tessa laments about, uh, about not knowing why De Quincy wanted to murder him and what the heck he could have done to make the entire vampire clan angry. Just then, Charlotte interrupts, calling out for Tessa. And Charlotte lets her know that she has received permission to bring her and Nate back to the Institute with him. It's clear that Nate has been drugged and bitten, but who knows what else. Um, He could turn into a Darkling or worse if they don't do anything to try to prevent it. And a mundane hospital isn't really going to be much help. Um, If you come with them, then the Silent Brothers could, like, at least help do something. Poor thing. And Will's like... Okay, really quick, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Nope. I just am curious, Did were they able to put out the fire? How are I they still so. in this building? I bet Magnus put it out. Okay, that's a good idea. Mm. Good thought. They had magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But that is a Thank good you. fucking question because no one's mentioned the flames. Right. Right. It's just they're gone now. <laughs> we get it later. All the vampires are gone. But yeah. Okay, cool. Charlotte takes off her gas mask and she's like, <laughs> come on, we got to go. <laughs> get to the chopper. She's like, she's like, fire department, call out. (laughs) I watch too much TV. Me too. I know exactly what you're talking about. I have no idea. So it's Chicago Fire. Okay. (laughs) So Will asks Charlotte, and he's like, did you just say poor thing? Seems to be like he got himself into this mess. No one told him to run off and get wrapped up with a bunch of downworlders. And Charlotte asked Will if he could have a little empathy, which I literally want no. to ask someone every day of my life. Literally uh-huh. every day. And the Will comes back with, dear God, is there anything that makes women sillier than the sight of a wounded young man? And Tessa claps back. How about with, the you sight m- of your fucking balls up in your stomach when I kick them there because you're yeah. being a fucking dick. I'm mad at him this, this, this episode. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay, well, I was going to read what Tessa said, but Kristen's was better. So there's that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I totally okay. interrupted. No, it was, uh, that's what she should have said. So we're yeah. going to leave it at that. 
Um, Will, like, throws his hands in the air. I was going to say pulls a, like... It wasn't me. It was a computer. And Charlotte compliments Tessa on how she handled Will. But she's like, yeah, no one manages that motherfucker. A few moments later. The teams were divided up with the Institute residents going back with the Lightwoods and the rest of the Enclave are going to stay back and search to Quincy's house, leaving nothing left behind for any mundane prying eyes. Will wanted to stay, but Charlotte told him, heck no. He ingested vampire blood and needed to go back to begin the curing process. Before <laughs> Will was let into the carriage, Thomas Hold made on. him. S- Hold on. I'm sorry. We got we got to pause for a minute. <laughs> You can tell, like, Will, or Jem has already said, he's like, again, you bit a fucking vampire again. And, like, yep. Charlotte's like, you know the drill. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's just, it's such a common thing for them. I just find it really funny. How yep. many opportunities have you had? <laughs> right. It gives us a really good insight into their, like, uh, dynamic, too. Because, like, they're like, fucking Will again. With a death yep. wish. Fucking biting vampires and shit. Yep. And Charlotte's like, no, dude, you know this, man. Right? <laughs> and you know this. This is why you want that rare burger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got to get it out of your system. Right. Pro- proceed, my darling. Okay. So, before Will was let into the carriage, Thomas made him soap down, which I think is total air. <laughs> And then we get a little background on Thomas. Uh, when they were younger, Charlotte always encouraged him to take part in the physical shadow hunter training. And he had like gone from scrawny child to a man. So large <laughs> and muscular that tra- tailors despaired over his measurements. And Will's lineage like de facto makes him a better fighter. But Thomas's physical presence was not easy to ignore. When he had first come to um, Wait, what? When he had first come to the Institute, he had, um, like, prior belonged to a family that served the Nephilim for years. But he was born so frail they didn't expect him to be able to live. And when he reached 12, the family sent him to the Institute. Um, he'd been so tiny, he looked like a 9-year-old instead of a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. And Will made fun of Charlotte for wanting to hire him, but secretly hoped he would stay. So that way there would be a boy there his own age that he could play with. Um, and they had been really good, like, friends, like, as best as they could. Oh, is a really good friends as best as they could, like the shadow hunter and the servant boy. But that was up until Jem came along and Will forgot about Thomas because he's a shit person. And Thomas never seemed to hold it against Will and tried and treated him with the same kindness that he treated everyone else. And like, that's really freaking sad. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm really, really mad is. at Will. I know. Right. Couldn't they Why? all just be friends? All three of them. Why right. can't we be friends? Yeah. Well, and also, Jem. Like, come on. Like, Jem's well, maybe supposed Jim to be the nice know. one. Right. You know, he did, know, maybe he didn't know. Still, I know. But also, like, if Thomas is some big badass and, like, he has, like, the physical prowess and, like, the fighting skills and stuff. Like, obviously, he's not to Will's stature because he's not Nephilim. But, like, mm-hmm. why can't he be a shadow hunter? Why can't he drink from the cup and be a shadow hunter? Like, I don't understand why you want to keep uh-huh. him a servant if he's such a fucking vital asset. Right? Hmm. Maybe they yeah, don't do that. Yeah, because huge. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. So Thomas remarks how it's always weird to see all the shenanigans going on and no one being like, I heard it and I came out. <laughs> <laughs> And Will says that there are heavy glamours at work. And besides, it's more likely that quite a few residents live here that aren't mundanes and know that they should M-Y-O-B when there's shadow hunters at work. Mm-hmm. And Thomas is like, yep, you're a terrifying lot. Scary. <laughs> Ooh. And Will wonders, like, if, he's like, are you making fun of me? <laughs> but before yeah. he can say anything, Thomas tells him that he'd better put an Arazzi on his, like, put an Arazzi on your face. You're going to have one heck of a black eye tomorrow. Will's like, maybe I want one. It will bump up my bad boys for life thing that I've got going on here. Bad boys for life. I'm sorry, Will, but your last name's Herondale, not Smith. I'm just saying. <laughs> Wrong, Will. Let's not let's not get ahead of yourself, okay? Right. right. You're you ain't a man yet. To... <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
They're almost able to leave without further in- incident, but fucking Gabriel has to come over for swirlies. And he's he starts and being like, Herondale started the fire. <laughs> yep. Thank you for knowing what I was trying to do. It was off pitch, but I liked it. It was great. And he's like, good thing we were there to clean up after you. Or like the whole thing would have gone up in flames along with your reputation. Ooh, burn. But like literally burn, you know, because it's fire. <laughs> and Will doesn't skip a beat throwing the sass back, saying something like, if my reputation is intact, I'm not doing my job. <laughs> and Thomas, like, oh. he's like, Thomas, come on, let's go get some boats and hoes. Boats and hoes. And fucking Gabriel is irritated because he's just been one-upped. So he goes in with a lame, is everything a joke to you? <laughs> and like, we could have been friends. Then Will says, there was a time I thought I was a ferret, but that turned out to be an opium haze. Did you know it had that effect? Because I didn't. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is something I would say. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's a random thing that I'd be like, oh, yeah, there was this one time. (laughs) I just watched Goblet of Fire on Friday. So, like, the ferret thing was, like, fresh on my mind. (laughs) All I could see was Draco ferret. Professor Moody, we do not use transfiguration as a punishment ever. <laughs> like, didn't Professor Dumbledore tell you that? Looking for my nerd button, okay? Nerd. <laughs> it's wrong. It's gone. I can't find it. <laughs> okay. We I hit it last time we were at your house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, then Gabriel throws some serious shade. Like, get ready to start a war with me and all my nerdy TMI friends by dragging Jim into things. He basically tells Will that he shouldn't be making opium jokes given the state of his friend. And Will's, like, stunned into silence for a moment, then asks Gabriel if he's referring to his disability. Like, that you're talking about the disability that you referred to the other night? And then, like, throws the bloody rag down like he wants to start a duel. Asking <laughs> if, like, he, you really wonder why we're not friends. Yeah, you're a D-bag, man. Right. Yeah. And Gabriel well, says like, that... Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I keep interrupting you. I just have something fun to say every That's time. Okay. It's like we've all been in that place where, like, someone says something so outrageous that, like, you can't even, like... You're like, did that just happen? You said that out loud from your mouth hole. Like, really? Yeah, my brain has to catch up with the stupid thing that you just said. Right. Gabriel says that he just wonders when he's like, when are you going to be done behaving the way that you do? Um, And then Will's like, that's what your sister said. You know, Will has the high ground and then he slips every fucking time. Yep. (laughs) And then goes ass over tea kettle all the way down. I mean, that is pretty funny, but we don't know what happened with the sister too. So, (laughs) right. So, so then Jim opens a carriage door and like grabs him like a hook pull slide from Looney Tunes. <laughs> like the, the sound effects and everything. And Thomas started the carriage and they're off. Started the carriage? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Jiggled the reins. He went, yeah. <laughs> okay. I have to make a comment here. I'm totally a fan of like the witty bickering, but I have to mention the fact that Gabriel's weird ass hazing is kind of out of place. Like, bet you were glad we were here following the plan that we had an entire enclave meeting about. Right. And I literally voted like to okay the plan where you go in undercover. Right. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on. Just had to say that. Jim starts in on Will, like Molly Weasley, asking him what he was thinking, baiting Gabriel. Like, what's the point? And Will tries to pull the whole, did you hear what he said about you? But Jim's maturity maturity trumps Will's anger, saying that, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. That's what everyone already thinks. He's just ballsy enough to say it. One of these days, you're going to have to learn how to get on without me. And I'm not always going to be around to make sure you don't get yourself killed. Will goes in to say how Gabriel isn't a threat. But Jim's like, fuck fucking Gabriel. Why do you keep fighting <laughs> vampires? <laughs> Let's get on to the real important stuff here. Yeah. And so, I was going to say Jace. Will, 
They says Hard. it's base it's because they don't expect it. He likes a good old fashioned shy surprise. <laughs> she- and Jim tells him, like, of course they don't like <laughs> They know what happens when one of us consumes vampire blood, and they expect you to have more sense than that. And Jim moves on to getting the nitty-gritty details about what happened inside of De Quincey's. Everyone was waiting for... The signal. Dun-dun-dun. And Will tells him about the phosphor not working, and how he wasn't sure that they were going to go in after them or not. And don't even get me started on Tessa. She was supposed to leave with Magnus. But Jim defends Tessa, reminding Will that her brother was chained to a chair, and if the roles were reversed, he probably wouldn't have left either. And Will implores to Jim that he's missing the point, but Jim says that the point is there was a pretty girl in the room, and that he, she distracted you. Like that's what I know. <laughs> and Will's surprised by Jim out. commenting on the fairer sex and asks if he thinks Tessa's pretty, and Jim's like, "Well, obviously." <laughs> And I know you do too. So there, I've been noticing you, noticing her. <laughs> okay, and Will takes a moment to look over his pair of bow tie, and is um. Wait, okay, just a moment. Will takes a moment to look over his pair of bow tie, and he's happy that even though the battle was crochet, he's looking pretty healthy this evening. And I have a long passage to read from the book, but. I was having a really, really hard time summarizing it. So you're just going to have to deal with it. Okay. Do it. Um, Let's hear it. Just a moment. Okay. Jim was smiling. Despite the stress of the battle, he looked healthy tonight. There was color in his cheeks and his eyes were a dark and steady silver. There were times when the illness was at its worst, when all the color drained even from his eyes, leaving them horribly pale nearly white with a black speck of pupil in the center like a speck of black ash on snow. It was times like that when he also became delirious. Will had held Jim down while he'd thrashed about and cried out in another language, and his eyes had rolled back into his head, and every time it happened, Will thought this was it, and Jim was really going to die this time. He sometimes then thought about what he would do afterward, but he couldn't imagine it any more than he could look back and remember his life before he had come to the Institute. Neither bore thinking about for very long. But then there were other times like this, when he looked at Jim and saw no mark of illness on him, and wondered what it would be like in a world where Jim was not dying, and that did not bear thinking about either. It was a terrible black place in himself that the fear came from, a dark voice he could only silence with anger, risk, and pain. Oh, damn. scene. Seriously. Yeah. We get a little glimpse into the broody... I feel like Will has a little bit like he knows Jim is going to die soon. So and I don't think he thinks life's worth living without him. So mm-hmm. he doesn't mind Seems risking himself. And it's yeah. almost like he can't. He would rather die before Jim because I don't think he can handle it. Yeah. I get that. That's what I told my husband, too. You have to die before me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, um, babe. Yeah. I'm older than you. <laughs> like, a little older than me, yeah. <laughs> and I'm a man. The odds are not in your favor. Wait. Did you say you have to die before me? Yeah, he, he has to die before me. Wait, he has to- I have to die before him. I was confused. <laughs> Please die so I can live the rest of my life like the Golden Girls. <laughs> yeah. No, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't. So Thank you, you for correcting you have- me. Yeah, okay. I figured that's what you wanted, but I was just, my brain was taking a moment. Uh, you have to die before me today. Just Too kidding. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway. So uh, Jim tells Will he's being awkward because he hasn't said anything for like five minutes. And I just want you to know that means that Jim was like emo boy staring at Jim having this entire inner monologue at himself. And like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And, but Jem, of course, thinks it's about like what he said about Tessa. So he says, like, we don't have to talk about her if you don't want to. And Will's like, it isn't Tessa. And then um, tells him about the mundane vampire servant he killed during battle. Which, way to think on your toes, Herondale. Yeah, like, that was a good, good job. <laughs> yep. And um, Jen reminded, Jem reminded him that he was a darkling. Like, it was just a matter of time before he turned. And Will repeats that when he was like, he's just a boy. Like, I know, but like this kid was small and he's definitely going to get drunk when he gets back home. And Jim's like, um, 
you're not because you know what's really <laughs> waiting for you. This cure or whatever. Right. Then we get to enjoy the carriage ride that Tessa took with Henry and Charlotte. And she's nodding off, half listening to the hushed conversation between husband and wife. How do you have a hushed conversation when you're three feet away from someone? Yep. <laughs> but whatever. Apparently yeah. only two shadow hunters were killed, but letting De Quincey escape was disaster sauce. And Charlotte is worried the Enclave is going to be like super T-O'd. Yeah. <laughs> Nate laid across her lap and she stroked his hair trying to soothe him and he started to wake um, and reached up a bruised and broken hand and took Tessa's telling her not to go. Tessie stay. And of course the sweet nickname stirs up the burning throat stinging ice feelings that we all know and Tessa tries to choke back her tears because she'll be damned if she'll let those shadow hunters see her cry. That's right. Look mm. at a light. That's what Charlotte taught her. Right. In the dark carriage. Right. Good point. That is my life. <laughs> I guess there aren't like street lights or anything. I wonder if they have like witch light like sconces inside their carriage for at night. That would be cool. Like headlights, basically. <laughs> but I meant like inside, like a dome light. Oh, yeah. Like when you're camping. Yeah. No, and then, then yeah, hang the, the, lantern. the driver's going to turn mm -hmm. on. Turn that off or I'm going to get pulled over. <laughs> Yes. Turn it off. Why did everyone's parents make them think that that was illegal? I totally thought it was illegal. Yeah. Right. Until I was like in my 20s. <laughs> Legitimately. Yep. Turn it off. Oh, that's awesome. Sit down. <laughs> anyway, make sure that you've read chapter 12, Blood and Water, for next week's episode. For behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworld or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.